When we say, what is the number one cause of dysfunction in love relationships, it's something that no one wants to talk about or deal with. And it's called unresolved resentments. The true definition of intimacy in an intimate relationship has nothing to do with what people think it has. Really healthy love starts at level five, and level five is friendship and respect. Welcome to the Unlocking Happiness Podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. Collectively, our community builds a better world. I believe life is made up of moments. We have short moments, long moments, good moments, and bad moments. We make sure that all of your life moments are filled with meaning and joy. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the internet's happiest podcast. Now let's unlock happiness. Welcome to Unlocking Happiness, David Essel. Here we are, relationship expert, number one best-selling authors, multiple books. One of your books is called Love and Relationship Secrets. And I cannot think of something more exciting to talk about than love and relationships. It is a topic that I feel like we need to talk about more of, but yet we talk about less of. So why do you think it is that there might be taboo around talking about relationships and love? You know, Amy, first, it's just great to be with you. And I appreciate so much this opportunity. There's this huge shame and guilt around love, sex, intimacy, erotica, you name it. I mean, no matter what we talk about in the world of relationships, there's always the shame and guilt. We're raised in it. Society does it. You know, religion does it. Religious throws all kinds of shame and guilt on us about when we're supposed to be intimate, when we're not supposed to be intimate, how much is too much. You know, it's like, all of this insanity. And, and I think the reason we have so many problems right now in the world, outside of the pandemic and health and death and all that, what we're seeing as a counselor of 42 years, the number one thing is dysfunctional marriages, marriages falling apart left and right, relationships falling apart left and right. I mean, we are slammed. We have so many clients right now that we're trying to help them decide if they even want to work on their marriage. Mm-hmm. But here's the wild thing, Amy. When we say, what is the number one cause of dysfunction in love relationships? It's something that no one wants to talk about or deal with. And it's called unresolved resentments. I, I worked with a couple yesterday. They've only been together three years. And I said to them, when did you know your dysfunction start? And of course, you know, it's always last week, you know, <laughs> or someone yeah. will say, well, it only started three months ago. We were perfect up till then. <laughs> but then when I asked the real question, you know, like, What happened within the first two or three weeks of your relationship that might have been a red flag? And then all of a sudden they start thinking and they go, well, in the first week, this happened. On the 10th week, this happened. On the second year, this happened. Did you ever deal with it? Uh, Not really. So what happens with issues we don't deal with? They become resentments. What happens when we have resentments? It's blocks between your heart. Resentments are a block between you and your lover's heart. You know, it's like, here's your relationship. How much fun are we having? That's what resentments do, you know? (laughs) So people don't want to talk about it because number one, of the shame and guilt in society. And number two, if you're going to be honest and you're not going to BS everyone, everyone's relationship needs help. 
Amy, everyone's. But when you don't get it, then all those submerged resentments are going to build up. And then you get to the crisis point when people walk into my office. And so with the purpose of the book, Love and Relationship Secrets, was to put out the real facts about how do we fall into these traps? Why do we repeat the patterns in love? If you don't look at the patterns in love that you have right now that are dysfunctional, you can get rid of your wife, Mary, or your husband, John, and you can go ahead and marry Sally and Mark, and you're going to have the same crap. <laughs> different faces, same right. crap, right? Yeah. So the book is really about a wake-up call. And if people were to slow down, Amy, just with that book alone, they could really awaken in their love life. Mm, so let's talk about these unresolved resentments. <laughs> yeah. How do we go about, like, so somebody might be listening to this and go, yeah, oh, that makes sense to me. And I might have some unresolved resentment in my relationship. So you know, you talk about how you have to deal with it, but what does that actually mean? Like, how does one go about to deal with these unresolved resentments? Well, you know, unlike what a lot of people tell you, your unresolved resentments have nothing to do to involve your partner with. This isn't about your partner. So <laughs> this good. is about you, you know? Yes. And so the first thing is, don't say, if they would change, I wouldn't have these resentments. Instead, look within and say, why haven't you brought them to the surface? Why haven't you discussed them when they happened? Why have you carried them forward? And it's all codependency, fear of rejection, fear of rocking the boat, fear of abandonment, fear mm -hmm. of criticism, all codependency crap, right? So, and I say, well, why haven't you said this to your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend? Well, every time I bring it up, you know, or they'll say, I have, I've told them if they mm -hmm. ever do this again. And then I said, and then what? Well, nothing. I said, okay, all you are is a professional nagger. So what we teach our clients is once you let go of the resentments, if the relationship is going to last, now we teach boundaries and consequences. So it would be something like this. You and I talked last week and I mentioned to you that when you go out with your friends on Friday nights, you drink too much, you come home, we get into an argument, Saturday morning, you sleep till noon, the kids are wondering where daddy is. And so- I've asked you a hundred times to cut back on your drink and you're not. So I'm going to offer you this. You have 90 days to get help to cut back on your drinking. If at the end of 90 days, you haven't stopped drinking, we are going into a 90 day separation. See, that's a consequence. <laughs> so what's the difference between a boundary and a threat? Well, a boundary that's followed by a consequence can be looked at as a threat, which is fine. Nothing wrong with it. Okay, you know, <laughs> just negative, like a little bit negative connotation maybe yeah, around the word hey, threat. Let's say I have a partner and she's an emotional spender. I'll give you even a better example. So a couple of weeks ago, a guy comes in and says, I'm not really sure what to do. I just found out my wife went without my knowledge, got a home equity line. I, it was like $50,000 or whatever it was. And she's been spending it over the last couple of months behind my back. And now we have no equity in the home. And what the heck am I going to do? All right. Now, if you want to really be a strong man or a strong woman in this situation, then you go ahead and you say, hey, you know, what you just did is one of the highest forms of betrayal that you could do in a marriage. You went behind my back and did something without my approval, without discussing, without anything. So this is what we're going to do. We're going into six months of therapy. I want to figure out why you would dislike me, uh, distrust me at such a deep level to put us in economic peril. So to me, it's, 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 you could call it a threat, but I look at it as a really healthy boundary 
When your partner has a habit or a behavior that is destroying the family unit, the relationship, you know, I'm not baby stepping anyone. I'm saying, hey, you're an adult, man. You went behind your husband's back and took 50 grand or you're an adult, brother. This is the fourth time that you've missed your son's baseball games because of a hangover. I'm not going to sit as your counselor and just go, well, you're doing the best you can or some other nonsensical BS positive thinking statement, right? It's going to be, hey, this is unacceptable. And it's that type of approach, Amy, that gets us into reality. And if you're doing that right away, when those things are happening, you won't have resentments. You'll have solutions. And the solution is either the relationship's going to heal and grow and change, or you're going to leave each other. I'd rather go to solution than continue to submerge resentments that are destroying every chance of love, connection, And the other thing we have to remember is this. If you have children and you're sabotaging your marriage, you are teaching your children how to sabotage their future relationships. Mm -hmm. Think about that, right? Yeah. So you're almost like making, you're you're almost doing a disservice to your children, but also to the world. Like it's a snowball effect that will affect for years, years beyond maybe even your lifetime. That's right. That's right. Well, when we think of family or generational issues, you know, those are issues handed down from core family to core, core family, you know, and we look at, you can look back at your family history and see that you may have 25 horrendously terrible marriages, starting with your parents, to your grandparents, to your aunts, to your uncles and everything else. And that can be just handed down. You know, here's something really interesting. You know, in our book, we describe two things really importantly that I want to mention right now. Number one, the true definition of intimacy in an intimate relationship has nothing to do with what people think it has to do with. 110% honesty between two lovers is the most intimate you could ever get Mm. with a person in your life. That means being honest about what you like, what you dislike, what your goals are, what your frustrations are. You know, 110% honesty is the only way to be intimate with anyone in life. And But we dance with it, Amy, because we're afraid of everything I've said before, criticism, abandonment, rejection, you know, judgment. And so we all, I I can't say that. That's my husband. He's the head of the household and I should never push back. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, that's my wife and she takes care of the kids and I can't tell her that this is unacceptable spending this money or whatever, you know. And we prove this in the book with statistics. Unfortunately, 80% of relationships in this country suck. I mean, they're terrible. People Mm -hmm. are having emotional affairs, addictions are on the rise, physical affairs are on the rise. I mean, we are in a hot bedded mess, which can all be cleared up with honesty. Wow, that is so powerful. First of all, 80% of relationships suck. (laughs) I mean, that just kind of blew my mind when you said that. That is way higher. You're not even talking about divorce at this point. You're just talking about like the quality of the relationship and 80% of them suck. So what is the number one trait of a healthy relationship? Oh my God, this is so great. In the book, (laughs) Love and Relationship Secrets, we have the love scale one to 10. What a great question, Amy. This is a great question you just asked. (laughs) So 20 something years ago, a woman came into the office and she said, I don't know what's wrong with my husband. I love him more than anything. And he's always so angry at me. 
He's always so angry. And, and I don't understand it. You know, like I do everything correctly and I do all of these great things. And, you know, I love him more than anyone else I've ever loved. So I'm working with her for four or five weeks, but I'm feeling there's something missing. I'm not getting the full story. You know, so I said, hey, we need to bring your husband in for just one one session. When when I do marital counseling, Amy, we changed in 1996. I don't believe in couples counseling. I think it's an absolute waste of time and money. And the reason why is this, and then I'll get back into the story. See, when you have two people in the room, there's always one who's more assertive and one who's more mm. passive. The passive one is going to get shut down all the time. And the assertive one is going to take all the time in the session. The passive one is afraid that if they were honest, they would get beat up emotionally on the way home and for the next week and everything else. So they shut up. They're not honest. Mm. So in 1996, there was this couple arguing in front of me for 55 of the 60 minutes. And I finally looked around and I said, time out. <laughs> and I go, you guys can do this at home for free. <laughs> What the hell are you paying me to argue for? This doesn't make sense. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'm done. I'm never doing another couples counseling session for the rest of my life because this is stupid, right? Amy, from that time, now there's a lot of counselors that don't agree with me and that's their problem (laughs) because (laughs) we have such an incredible success rate with couples. By allowing them to come in independently, individually, they will tell me things they wouldn't tell their best friend. They'll tell me everything which allows me then to help them heal, right? So so going back to this individual, so I, I said, bring your husband in. So husband comes in and I go, hey, you know, I've had a chance to work with your wife. Uh, she's very nice, you know, for the last five weeks, sitting right next to you. And so one of the things that she said is she loves you more than any man she's ever loved in her life, but you're always angry at her. And he looks at me and he goes, that's correct. And I said, why are you always angry? And he goes, well, let me give you an example. Three days a week, she's a rock star. I mean, I get up in the morning, she's in a great mood. There's things put out for me to go to work with. Like, she blows my mind. She's thinking ahead and everything. But let me give you an example of what happened last week. On Tuesday, I said to her, hey, I've got a really important meeting on Friday. Could you make sure I get my suit from the dry cleaner by Thursday night? Because I leave early Friday and I've got to have that suit. Oh, my God, not a problem. Friday morning comes. He goes to look for the suit. It's not there. So he turns to her and he says, hey, you know, I had to have this suit. And she goes, oh, yeah, just forgot. Mm -hmm. And he said, David, would that piss you off? (laughs) I said, give me another one. He goes, oh, here's a great one. He said, we have a washer and drying machine and we're trying to use it as long as we can. It probably has another couple of years left. So I said, hey, we don't need any extra expenses. So don't put the small rugs in the washing machine anymore. Okay, honey, won't do it. He comes home that night and guess what's in the washing machine? Small rug. Every freaking small rug in the neighborhood, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's like the thing is packed. So I look at her and I said, is this true? And she said, "Uh, yeah. And I said, okay, so you love him more than anyone in the world. You love him more than anyone you've ever loved. Is this treating someone with love? Now, here's the interesting I, I found out from working with her. The next week she came in, I had told her that that's not love, but I figured out something that night. It was love, but it's dysfunctional. Mm. And it's the love that she saw growing up with her mother and father. Mm. So all she was doing was repeating what her mother did. And she assumed that that was okay. For 18 years, her father never divorced her. Her father would yell at the mother for doing stupid stuff. 
But here's this little girl for 18 years going, this is what it's like to be a wife. This is what it's like to be a wife. Mm. Do what mom does, right? So then we created the scale, love scale one to 10, which is in the book, Love and Relationship Secrets, that everyone needs to know. And really healthy love starts at level five, Amy. And level five is friendship and respect. Mm, I love that. That's level five. That's the first level of healthy love. Level six is friendship, respect, and intimacy. So intimacy isn't even the beginning of true love. It comes after respect. And then seven goes up a little higher in eight, nine, 10. And when people read the book, they'll see it all. But one through four is still love. Like level one of love is extreme emotional and physical abuse. Think what I just said. Now, the average person would say, how can that be love? Well, it's love because the person only knows how to express Mm -hmm. love through domination. Mm -hmm. And they're going to find a partner that is looking for love by being treated unkindly because both of them grew up in that type of environment. And so it's not abnormal for someone who is abused to become an abuser and for them to say, see their husband or their father beat their mom and to go, okay, well, that's what you do when a wife doesn't do what you say. It's like, is it love? Sure, it's love. Hell yeah. And if you go to any women's shelters around the country today of women that are trying to get away from their abuser, who oftentimes, more often than not, they will return to, Mm. they will say, I love him so much. Mm. <laughs> and it's the and it's their level of love, Amy. It was what they were taught as a child. It's all they know. And so then we go into, you know, the second, third, and fourth level of dysfunctional love. It's still mm-hmm. love, but it's just love on a really hellaciously terrible level. But we can't say it's not love. And that's what I learned 20-something years ago, just working with this one couple. And now we've helped so many people understand that if you want to get into a healthy love relationship and your relationship is currently unhealthy, we have to go back to friendship and respect. And we throw out everything else until we can get that couple understanding friendship and respect. Wow. I love that. It really brings like context to a lot of maybe like what's going on in your world. When I grew up, my parents... I would say they loved each other, but I also know I never saw them like kiss, but I also never saw them argue. Not one time in my entire life have I ever heard or seen them argue. And I think that that was really powerful in a lot of ways, but it was also a curse in a lot of ways, because then when I started having adult relationships, if an argument occurred, I completely thought it was like the end of the relationship. (laughs) Like this is not supposed to happen (laughs) at all. (laughs) So this is terrible. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you'd be mad about that. Done. You know? So it's interesting. Of course, I, I, once I became self-aware of that, it's, it's very different now. And I would say my relationship is very different today than it was like 10 years ago. But I do know, because I do have that self-awareness, to know that that did have a really profound effect on my relationships in my adult life. So it might not have been like to the extreme 
in some ways. However, it was still something that, that kind of stuck with me. And, you know, even to this day, my mom's no longer with us, but even to this day, it's like, yeah, I I have no doubt in my mind how much love there was between my parents. And it was very apparent when my mom was dying, just how much my dad cared and loved for my mom. But I can still say in my lifetime and throughout their relationship, never saw them argue, but I never saw them kiss. And so that then kind of brings me to, man, I wanted to get to this later, but it just, it brings me to this. And so we're going to talk about it, which is the whole like intimate side of a relationship because, because I never saw that too. I always felt a lot of shame and guilt around like intimacy and where it kind of fit into relationships. So we kind of set the foundation here on love and relationships. The number one killer of relationships is unresolved resentments. And so, you know, as we unlocked happiness today through love and relationships, I cannot thank you more for being on this show. And I know people are going to want to find, find you. So where can they find you? Amy, it's so easy. The website is talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K, david.com. It's all I freaking do, 18 hours a day. All I'm doing (laughs) is talking. So it's an appropriate name for the website. But when they go to talkdavid.com, they can sign up for a free motivational text of the week. We've got hundreds of blogs that are absolutely free. On YouTube, we have 2,000 free videos on personal growth. So we are all over the place. And if you go to talkdavid.com, you can find links for everything. Amy, we work with people from all over the world via phone and Skype on intimacy, love, relationships. So for everyone with us today, if you go, okay, I've had enough. I couldn't figure this out on my own. Come to me. Let's work together. We will have a blast. We'll be serious. But as you can tell with the conversation with Amy that Amy and I have had today, we're going to have fun too. Yeah, truly. I have no doubt that that is the case with the people that you work with. And the website is full, full of information. So you guys go there, talk David. Uh, talkdavidessel.com or just talk no, David? just talkdavid.com. Talkdavid.com and check out his latest book, 50 Flavors of Erotic Love. We'll end on this a question that I ask all of the guests and it's a two-part question. And the first part is this, if you had seven more days left to live, what would you do? Oh, I would be on Sanibel Island, which is about 20 minutes from where I am right now. Um, and I would be there for the next seven days having the blast of my life, Amy. So here's the second part to that question. If you only had seven more days left to live, but you were in a debilitated state, so you couldn't travel to Sanibel Island, you couldn't be living it up. Essentially, you are just in a bed dying. So you can't do all that stuff. So really what we have left is your words of advice. What is the last bit of advice that you would want to share with the world? If I was dying and had seven days and people came to me and said, from your years of experience, is there something that you found to be really important? I would say this, your greatest path to happiness can be the most challenging path to happiness. And that is living in honesty. If you're gay, be gay. If you're transgendered, be transgendered. If you're bisexual, be bisexual. If you are an individual that has many gifts to give and the world needs you, give your gifts, but only be you. 
never be anyone else than you because believe it or not, regardless of what your thoughts are right now, you are a magnificent creation of the creator who puts you here to touch the lives of others. Go for it. Beautiful, be you. Thank you so much for unlocking happiness with us today. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to Unlocking Happiness. I hope you loved the show. And if you did, post a link to your social media, tag a friend, and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Help spread more happiness in the world by leaving us a review. If you would like to learn more about what we do, visit choose-happy.me. And if you want to be a future guest, click on the podcast tab to learn more. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Unlocking Happiness with Amy Dix. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and hit subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me or join our Facebook group called The Happiest Group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.